Ladies and fellas, and welcome to the Real Dads podcast, a real podcast about real movies by fake dads. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Smith, and joining me today, a zombie outbreak is not going to stop him from visiting Las Vegas. It's Roger Brandstetter. What up, bud? Honestly, there's not many things that could stop me from visiting Vegas outside of like a germ apocalypse like COVID, but... um I don't know. Uh, I have heard that zombie outbreaks in Vegas uh, look really good on the big screen. Is there uh, twenty million dollars? That's or is it two hundred million dollars? I can't remember. It's not the main. That's just a MacGuffin for the movie. But is there two hundred million dollars in Vegas that you would risk to go into if it was overrun like that? Um, depends. Are the buffets open? I think that's what caused the outbreak. Sounds right. That sounds exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, that's just a little Army of the Dead talk uh, for those of you that checked it out over the weekend. I'll probably bring that back up again towards the end of the podcast. But we wanted to drop in, talk a little bit about some of these, uh, some of the streaming news that we got going on, some movies that we can expect to see. It's been about a month (laughs) since we've been potting, I think after the Oscars and the sheer disappointment of the like last 20 to 30 minutes of the Oscars broadcast and award show, just it made, made me need to take a little bit of a hiatus. And to be completely honest, there hasn't been a whole lot dropping on streaming services in between that time, other than a couple HBO max action movies and uh, of course, Netflix's Army of the Dead. I can't really think. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, Angelina Jolie, again, another HBO Max movie. So that's been like the only new content that I've been aware of, really. Yeah, I've been using the past month largely to just stream a bunch of random things. Um, so we got really into um, Invincible, was really good. That might uh, come up later. Spoiler alert. Uh, Kate never seen Silicon Valley, and that's been a real treat to just blow through. And uh, she also has not seen or had not seen much of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's been a real treat to revisit most of the movies, including a lot that I didn't necessarily have that high up on my list. But uh, if you're seeing someone for the first time, there's just a lot of different joys from watching it and perhaps filling them in on something that they might have missed. Yeah, it's been a lot of TV shows over here for me as well. A lot of rewatches. I crushed Silicon Valley because we started it uh, at your apartment <laughs> a couple weeks ago, Roger, and I've been going through Mad Men, uh, which I hadn't haven't seen. I'm only through season uh, two into season three, which has been great. Uh, but that kind of brings me to the whole crux of the last couple of weeks is that I've been fully vaccinated for like two or three weeks now. And I haven't spent a whole lot of time just, you know, crushing movies on the weekends. I've been trying to go out and 
be a part of civilization again, uh, still trying to be, you know, careful and respectful of going into places, whether that's wearing a mask or doing things just outside. But yeah, just trying to actually hang out and participate in life again has kind of drawn me away from my TV screen, which is very fine because I feel like we're not going to have a lot of like really meaty, like sink your teeth into stuff until uh, June when In the Heights comes out. Yeah, I feel pretty much identically uh, in terms of, I don't know, as soon as the Oscars happened, I was pretty much good to go in terms of antibodies very shortly thereafter. Uh, It was great having you and a bunch of our friends uh, over here for that little get together. Uh, One Oscars wrap up note, I think I've correctly, it doesn't seem like that big of a Babe Ruth call your shot uh, in hindsight, but calling Francis McDormand when I did made me want to wolf howl just like she did. (laughs) We were actually pretty damn accurate on the Oscar predictions, um, I think a lot of the picks were fairly chalky, if I have to say yeah. so. And um, well, right up until the end when, you know, our guy Chadwick Boseman did not get the Oscar win that he so rightfully deserved. I mean, shouts to Anthony Hopkins. It's not his fault. And The Father is like a sneaky good movie and he's really good in it. But he was incredible in that movie. It's not like he like stole it. It's just there's a lot of good movies and I would like to have seen it go to Chad Chadwick, but geez, it's really, really hard to take away from Anthony Hopkins performance. Yeah, it was really good. And I can't remember if the father one adapted screenplay or not, or if that went somewhere else, but the the screenplay for it was pretty damn good. I think it actually might have. I'm seeing young woman was original, right? Yes. It was either that or uh, perhaps, well, Ma Rainey's kind of got blanked, which was, very upsetting well keep talking and i'll let you know in about five seconds all right well this is great live content um roger you googled that okay yes i knew it i remember things from april still uh we want to talk a little bit about some industry news and then i wanted to talk about a pair of movies that we one of which we'll see later this year and another one we're not going to see until 2022 but the pre-production phase has just been lighting uh film twitter on fire so that's something that we wanted to dive into uh spoiler alert it's another ryan johnson who done it duh and first let's talk about the industry news uh, warner media is officially being spun off from at&t and is merging with discovery plus which were you aware that discovery plus was a streamer yeah, actually, I was. Uh, so there are some new episodes of Good Eats that came out during Quar. And so I popped on there for a free week and uh, low key, pretty good streaming service. Uh, if you think about like just kind of comfort shows, like very reality based, just maybe stuff you want to have on in the background, they have that in absolute spades. And so this pairing between uh like premium cable and like not trashy trashy is the wrong word but like reality or like kind of comfort food is intriguing it's kind of will end up being a all-in-one stop if you want to go and see curb your enthusiasm and then like 
oh, I'm going to go do something else, but I'd like TV on in the background. Let's throw on Property Brothers or whatever. Yeah, I think I'm not sure if I was fully aware of Discovery Plus, but when you look at like the properties that they do have, the big ones being the Cooking Channel, Travel Channel, and Food Network, uh, I also believe HGTV is on there too, which is just a channel that is perpetually on at like, I don't know, a bar, the doctor's office. It's literally just on everywhere. You can find somebody's watching HGTV wherever there's a lot of television set up. But that's that's something like I think HBO, or for those who don't know, let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, Warner Media has a ton of properties like HBO, CNN, uh, the DC Comics universe, and all other like Warner Brothers properties, um, which is set to probably include Harry Potter again. Uh, those movies are going back on HBO Max in a couple days at the start of June. Uh, so adding those or combining those two is like, I feel like it's adding a, sh- a program or a streamer that's one half is built for someone like me who just absolutely loves HBO and all the programs on there. But then you got Discovery Plus, which is for uh, people who like, obviously, the, all the travel and food network channels. But I kind of put my own mom in that category. So it's like there's a cross-generation, cross-hatching of different interests that is going to combine here to make a pretty damn large streaming service that is set to compete with a couple of these other already behemoth ones. Yeah, so I have a couple points. The one is that if you can get moms, just the broad category moms on board, you're probably going to make a lot of money. So I mean, I include Disney Plus in the category of companies that's going for that. Like you want to sign up so your uh, little urchins won't be screeching at you when you're trying to cook dinner for them. But then this other streaming service, whatever it's going to be called, Discovery Max Plus, who knows? We'll have all of the reality stuff. Uh, and HBO Max's uh, prodigious catalog of, I don't know, I was going through there the other night. There's obviously the HBO originals, like the uh, Games of Thrones, the Wires, Curbs, all, all of that stuff. But they have a bunch of Cartoon Network stuff, like a bunch of Looney Tunes stuff. Studio Ghibli is awesome. I mean, Harry Potter will be back, and that's to say nothing of some of the back catalog stuff like Friends, which is on there and which is going to be releasing content. Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, yeah. Like, there's all these legacy shows that people have these huge emotional connections to, and it really will have something to appeal, something to appeal to children and teens and tweens and 20-somethings and us, and moms and dads. And I mean, there's really old classic movies on the TCM part where you can go and see like Vertigo and Casablanca. It's a really intriguing competition point to consider that versus a Disney Plus, which, yeah, is doing original stuff. But I think most people are likely signing up to it for access to uh, both the Lion King and then also other Disney properties, Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah, I, Disney Plus. Obviously, we have Disney Plus, and I am on there too. We, just, no, literally, we, me and Roger both have Disney Plus <laughs> on the same account. Um, we just 
I at least I watch the Marvel movies kind of just on a perpetual roll. I'm just going through it repeatedly and occasionally I'll sink my teeth into some Star Wars stuff, but uh, I'm not going to sit there and just crush a bunch of cartoons, uh, which I understand is what the parents would need that for. Uh, However, on HBO and those sorts of streamers, um, I I don't know if like the general population is really exposing their kids to a lot of Studio Ghibli stuff, which I mean, they should like they should. That's something that parents should do just in general, but it's not as big as the mouse. You know, it's not as big as uh, putting Moana or the Lion King on your TV and listening to Akuta Matata, just so, like you said, your kids can stop screaming and you can make some dinner. And I said urchins. Urchins, right. Urchins. And I just listening to you also talk about like the catalog of HBO shows that like, I love entirely, uh, whether that's Thrones, Wire, Silicon Valley, Sopranos, <laughs> Boardwalk Empire. Um, I, I don't know. I, I love all those shows, but they're not exactly uh, like the background noise, like we were saying before, which is, uh, I mean, they have Fresh Prince, they have Friends, but th- those aren't really like those are like the only two things that they kind of have that are just like the background things that you can just put on and absorb. Whereas like a Netflix has uh, like just an abundance of random like reality TV and they have their own cooking shows like British Bake Off and a a bunch of other uh, pieces of content that HBO just doesn't have. And and Disney Plus for that matter. And I think HB, or combining with Disney Plus kind of fills a pretty big void where it, it's all about fighting for people's attention. And HBO is already doing a pretty decent job with the uh, plan to drop big hit movies on their streaming service every month to kind of get people to either sign up or to reactivate their accounts if they've deactivated them but that doesn't keep you on the streamer. Like I watched Mortal Kombat, but I didn't watch it again. <laughs> like I yeah, watched that, that one weird. time. It, yeah, yeah, that'd be honestly s- very weird to watch it a second time. Super bizarre. Let me just crank up Mortal Kombat again. I almost watched Godzilla vs. Kong again, but I didn't. And that's something that they need though. They need like those other programs that can kind of fill the void that to be quite frank are a little bit hard to find on HBO like Silicon Valley is probably a top tier if not the best like 30 minute comedy on any streamer on any television program but even when I'm watching that I don't want that on as background noise like I want to sit and engage with the show because it's that good so they don't have a lot of like dumb shit that you can just put on and like I don't know are they, say are they that's pitching Big Bang Theory to me? Because that's not going to work. I mean, I would say that's why HBO is largely seen as a successful critically as it is, is because they don't have just the empty calorie shows. Like even the shows that maybe aren't received so well or that get canceled after one season, people will have strong opinions about. Um, the thing that comes to mind immediately is how to make it in America, which got canceled after two seasons, but people still talk about as this was canceled too early. Mm -hmm. Um, so it will be interesting to see how they can, well, 
it'll, it'll combine really well. It's a little sweet and a little salt and it's going to go together really well. What I'm most excited about about this um, is that Discovery Plus, when I was streaming it, like had really high quality stuff. Like they have Discovery, so they have nature shows and the cooking shows and they want 4K and HDR and all the goodies uh, for the shows to really pop on your TV. And for as great as I think HBO is, the the rollout of their apps and the functioning of their apps and the actual technology in them sucks. And it has sucked for a very, very long time. So I, if there's some sort of initiative, as I would think there is at a, a broadcast company whose sole purpose on earth is to send content out into the universe, upgrade HBO's back catalog, uh, maybe get us some Game of Thrones in 4K, maybe some uh, all House of the, the rest Dragon, of it. Baby. Yeah, literally all of it. Like they shot it in 8K. They can put it out in 4K. It's just a matter of HBO's technology having sucked for so long that it just like was impossible. So I'm, if that happens, I, I'll pay 20 bucks a month for the service. It's a, a great combination. Yeah. So what uh, HBO Disco Plus is doing here is that they're planning to put $20 billion per, per year towards content. Um, that's compared to Netflix that puts currently $17 billion towards content. Uh, 15 of that approximately went to The Irishman. And Disney Plus puts... Uh, around 14 to 16 billion, or they want to put that much by 2024. So they're going to be outpacing uh, these other massive streamers. I'm not sure how much Bezos is dumping into Amazon Prime or Amazon Studios, but uh, here's kind of the hoping that, you know, without AT&T kind of having their corporate hand in this, that HBO can like at least that section of it, um, HBO, maybe even Warner Brothers too, can kind of just get back to making the content that they want to make and not, like you said, have a bunch of en- empty calorie stuff to focus on. And that can be like the Discovery Plus side or the Discovery Plus side is like, hey, we're here to use half of these funds or however much they're, they're going to get allocated to just make a ton of sit in front of your TV, be on your cell phone or on your iPad at the same time, but we're going to be like cooking some shit in the background, or we're going to be traveling about visiting different restaurants in Mexico or Cairo or something like that. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm excited to watch uh, Studio Ghibli high art animation film and then roll out with Guy Fieri. That's the dream. It's triple D baby. (laughs) Era of Flavortown. Uh, okay, so moving on to some movie news. We got another trailer today. Whatever. Uh, it's still this all week, blend together. Yeah, the, the days are still blending together despite us being able to return to civilization in some capacity. Uh, anyway, it's Marvel's The Eternals, or should I say Chloe Zhao's The Eternals, um, Academy <laughs> Award. <laughs> Academy Award director Chloe Zhao um, dropped her Marvel movie trailer on the interwebs recently. I have to say I'm excited for this movie overall based on the director and the 
like on site location shooting and the use of natural lighting. And of course, Chloe Zhao is an Academy Award winning director who has like great catalog of films already. Um, but this trailer didn't really tell me a whole lot. What did you think of it? Same. Uh, I have no idea what the Eternals is about other than that they apparently were sitting on their hands through the Thanos crisis, which is pretty cool. Um, but in terms of the actual film, uh, I don't know. Marvel's earned our trust at this point. Chloe Zhao is a great director. All of the cast is interesting. Uh, the number of Game of Thrones alum in it, plus Angie Jolie and uh Kumail's in it like there's just a bunch of great people and I'm I'm very interested to see what this movie is about but I have no idea what an eternal is let alone a team of the eternals unless it's just like a sub classification of just fictional beings I, I got nothing it's great to see Gilfoyle and Dinesh be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe I'm still waiting for Gilfoyle's powers to reveal themselves uh hopefully in Spider-Man Far From Home, that can be a thing. Or no, it, No Way Home is the new, the third one coming out this year. Yeah, like I said, it didn't display a whole lot. Um, then again, it's hard for me to focus when Gemma Chan is on the screen. I kind of just like black out and like I can't really focus on anything that's going on besides her face because it's it's perfect. Uh, let, me, let me detail a little bit about what, what and who the Eternals are. The Eternals are basically a group of super beings. Um, they were created after Jack Kirby. Um, he left Marvel for a brief stint, I believe, and created the New Gods over at DC, which the New Gods was a movie that was in development with another great director, Ava DuVernay, but H or Warner Brothers recently announced that that was going to be shelved for the time being. Um, anyway, Jack Kirby comes back to Marvel. He creates the Eternals, which are like kind of relatively similar, just like most Marvel superheroes are similar to DC heroes. They kind of have their counterparts all across the spectrum. But the Eternals are basically created by the Celestials. Uh, for all the Marvel heads out there, the Celestials were um, basically beings that created the universe. Um, not Russell Crowe. Chris Kurt Pratt's Russell? Kurt Russell, yes. I always confuse them for some reason. Kurt Russell uh, played a Celestial in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He played Ego. Um, so he, we've already seen them in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Basically, they created the Eternals, and they kind of have, for lack of a better phrase, an evil counterpart called the, the Eternals and the Deviants. The Deviants are basically, and very unfortunately, um, they, they get super-powered genes as well, but it kind of backfires kind of like Bruce Banner trying to duplicate the super soldier serum and turning into the Hulk rather than turning into Steve Rogers. Um, except the deviants don't transform back. They're just basically freaky aliens with powers, just like the Eternals. Uh, the Eternals have been around basically since the dawn of time. They've helped um, heroes or not heroes, humans, um, whether that's developing technology or protecting them and, like kind of being seen as deities on earth um angelina jolie's character for example plays a 
plays an eternal named Thena, who is kind of like, according to Marvel lore, is what the Greek god Athena comes from, um, except she's real in the MCU. Uh, basically, what's going to happen is that the Eternals, <laughs> you know, whether that's sitting on their hands through um, World War II, because they're like, you know what, Captain America's got this. Or, you know, the first invasion of New York, aliens literally coming down from space from a deviant counterpart of theirs, Thanos. What the bubonic plague? I could go on. This is an unsu- <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> literally, it took half the population in the entire universe for the Eternals to be like, you know what? We should probably, uh, we should probably say something. Let's, let's go and do something. Should I respond um, to group chat? <laughs> let me just uh let me just slide in it's like hey guys we are way more powerful than you we can help now it's kind of like captain marvel showing up at the 11th hour of Endgame and being like oh guys i'm back here i am anyway i, I wanted to draw that through line that um we might get thanos again he is inevitable or at least a mention of him or a flashback because according to marvel canon he is cousins to angelina jolie's character um while jolie came out as eternal like human very hot and sexy thanos turned out into a deviant which don't makes sense be- don't body shame thanos i'm not saying he, he's ugly he's just got a big head and a dump truck ass like that's just <laughs> <laughs> dump truck chin too dump truck forehead but there might be a little bit of a mention there um like you said great freaking cast and that's why my excitement level is through the roof because we got Gemma chan kumail nanjiani um salma hayek angelina jolie richard madden um kit harrington our guy john snow is coming back not as an eternal but as like a separate superhero so uh brian tyree henry i don't want it I looked the Night King in his eyes. I'm very excited to have two Stark boys back on the big screen or back on any screen rather together. Yeah, well, the Marvel Universe is presently lacking in Starks, so it'll be nice. They are minus one Stark. Got Pepper still around and the the daughter. Armor sure. Wars? Question mark? Anyway, I don't know about you, but still excited even though the trailer just kind of was like hey look at all these beautiful set pieces what's this story about we'll never tell maybe in our next trailer yeah again marvel thing or every hour as a society but i don't know they haven't released a bad thing in quite some time so i'm in yes and this movie comes out in november so we still have a ton of time and two marvel movies and one marvel tv show before that two marvel tv shows actually because loki comes out followed by what if so there will be a ton of marvel content to absorb up until that time so i hope we just keep getting awesome snippets and things of that nature and i hope that marvel does the right thing not to get too political but everything's political and i think it's important to note that the marvel brass i guess you could say is kind of downplaying chloe Zhao's like involvement with the film because like she has being chinese she has said some disparaging things about china and the chinese government and 
Marvel cannot afford to lose that uh, Chinese cash. Um, I, I can't remember what it was recently, but there was something in China about recent movies that were coming back into theaters and the excitement was building. But uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings and uh, Eternals was not a part of that, which is just, I don't know. This is like the NBA thing all over again, I think. I think everyone needs to get along and everyone needs to treat their people a little bit better. Uh, everyone being governments, uh, superpower governments of the world. <laughs> well, anyway, th- this is why our podcast is not allowed to be streamed in China. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Anyway, let's move on to uh, another movie, which does not come out until 2022. Uh, basically, it's just going to be a bunch of waxing poetic again about casting I mentioned it before. It's another Ryan Johnson whodunit. Knives Out 2 coming out in 2022. The sweaters are back. Daniel Craig is back, but he is joined by Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, the absolute queen, Catherine Hahn, Edward Norton, who I'm not sure if he has looked at the script and put his pen to it just yet, Leslie Odom Jr., and most recently, Kate Hudson. Another Kurt Russell call out to Kate Hudson here. <laughs> um, I am just so all aboard. They're literally dropping these uh, casting announcement announcements like little nuggets of pure joy that circulate on the internet for for the day. And they're like, here you go, have a little treat. This movie comes out in over a year from now, but we want you to be hyped up for it. Was there any word on if Lakeith Stanfield's back? Um, I have not seen that. I basically went to the movie's IMDb um, just to see if there was any um, casting labels on there where sometimes they put it in there in quotations uh, like rumored or announced or something like that Um, but I haven't seen him on there and I think that it would behoove them to put him back in the script some pretty heavy hitters they've dropped so far Uh, I do wonder if maybe they're like pulling a Steve Jobs and then uh doing a and one more thing here and then the one more thing is the biggest part of it or whatever yeah this is all just a bunch of pre-production stuff that's happening right now that there's so much that can um be added to this uh and i'm just excited based on knives out alone um i thought that was a pretty fun and great movie and i think it's important to kind of champion um original ideas uh, even though this might be like a type of movie that we've seen before, I, I just think it's great that we get um, Ryan Johnson's creative mind um, back and Daniel Craig just absolutely hamming it up with the f- most fun, like Southern Baptist accents of all time. So Knives Out, uh, the OG, Knives Out 1 is one of the few movies on Amazon Prime that you can watch in 4K or UHD or what have you. And it's a real treat. Uh, Ryan Johnson can shoot the hell out of a movie between, I mean, I haven't like seen his entire catalog, but between that and The Last Jedi. Um, Looper. Looper. God, how can I forget Looper? They're just really visually stunning movies and I, the casts are great in <laughs> these movies. These are all great actors. Like uh, there's not one on here where I'm like, oh, like I like them, but I don't love them. Like I'm, all the way in on Ed Norton. I'm all the way in on Catherine Hahn. I'm all the way in on Janelle Monet. Like, 
this is a great cast. This movie should absolutely rip. Yeah, it, if you haven't gone to see Knives Out, I I suggest firing it up on Amazon Prime like ASAP because uh, not only is like Daniel Craig and Lakia Stanfield in there, but it's literally a, a murderer's row of other great actors. Whether that's Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Chris Evans, uh, Michael Shannon, Christopher Plummer, uh, Anna De Armas, of course, is one of the leads and the main figure in the story so it's just like i i feel like now after the success of that movie people are just like yeah sign me up for knives out too or like get me in a room with ryan johnson so i can be in this ensemble cast and we can just have fun making a like semi-serious movie but still like a fun like adventure for for people to watch love a whodunit Love a whodunit. Love Ryan Johnson. I see you added something on here for casting news that we are very excited about. Listeners, I have a question for you. What if we had a Willy Wonka origin story, but Willy Wonka fucks? What, what would you say to Willy that? Willy Wonka had abs. <laughs> what if he was in the chocolate factory absolutely slaying? Timothy Chalamet cast as a young Willy Wonka in an origin story. We needed another origin story, apparently. Are those jawbreakers in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? Everlasting <laughs> gobstoppers. My gob has stopped. I'm very excited for this already. I mean, I'll watch it. Like, I will probably want to go to the theater, have a few drinks beforehand, and go see... Like, I don't know, Timothy Chalamet as a hot Willy Wonka and just they're probably just going to have Oompa Loompas that are also attractive. And just I I don't know what much more to say about this movie. Is this like Cruella all over again? Maybe. The thing is, is that we're going to see his first uh, experience, like seeing an Oompa Loompa, if it's his origin story, like he's going to meet an Oompa Loompa and be like, what are you and just freak out they're probably going to be i would imagine like similar height if it's an origin story i don't know this should be fun we're gonna learn how his world came to be the thing about the willy wonka movies is everyone is like irresponsibly obsessed with chocolate and so i'm very curious to see how that came to be um in an origin story format it's going to be like a very dark social commentary on consumerism and gluttony. Let's go. Do we know who's directing this at all? Or is it just announcing oh. Timothy Chalamet? And- no, it's actually the guy who wrote and direct uh, the now highest rated movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes, Paddington, Paddington? 2. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> it A couple of weeks ago, it had sur- surpassed, I believe, the either the Godfather two or like citizen Kane or something like that. Yeah. Um, someone panned citizen Kane, which is like, well, we came out 80 years ago. Guy, what are you doing? Yeah. So Paddington two with just Paul 100% right? a perfect movie. Um, I'm trying to look for who the actual director is. Paul King is the answer. Paul King. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be, I, I guess it maybe won't be a dark commentary on consumerism and maybe Timothy Chalamet is not going to be smashing in the chocolate river, but 
that was not a euphemism. Um, but it, it should be like a, you know, maybe a, a warm telling movie. And I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in school. I don't know if I remember where the Oompa Loompas come from, but I would like to know their origin story. Were they always orange? Uh, I think they were always orange. I I don't want to dive too deep into where they came from because I think there are some pretty troubling um, historical allegories that it might be commentaries on, and I don't want to taint the career of Gene Wilder. That's probably true. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap this up with... Um, some streaming recommendations uh, and some shows and some streaming options to look forward to in the coming weeks. Uh, like I said, I have not really been crushing movies. I've been watching a lot of repeat stuff. Uh, new stuff I have watched, I'm not going to recommend Godzilla versus Kong or Mortal Kombat. If that is your particular cup of tea, uh, fire that up. You know, that's a, a good midday watch or a weekday evening watch if you have nothing else. I'll to recommend Mortal for. Kombat. That movie's awesome. If you uh, like Mortal Kombat, oh, if you grew up playing Mortal Kombat in any iteration, uh, you'll love the movie. Or if I guess if you liked it, if you had fun playing Mortal Kombat, you like the movie. I mean, it's not going to win any Oscars, but both FX movies are pretty cool. Yeah, and it sets up a sequel. So if that's something that you are interested in, the Mortal Kombat canon then you gotta definitely watch this one both are comfortably under two hours so it's not a huge time waster if you absolutely hate it at the end of the day uh i'm gonna recommend army of the dead on netflix uh it's this one's a little bit long but i like a good zombie movie in the middle of a weekend day i like crushed it on saturday just chilling watching this it's Zack snyder's army of the dead is kind of a spiritual sequel to his dawn of the dead remake and um not he's absolutely in his bag with this remake or with this movie like in terms of direction in terms of uh what he's doing with the camera with the lenses he's doing that whole lens flare thing dave batista is in it and he's actually really good in it because i don't think dave batista is capable of being bad um and it's pretty interesting to watch Tignataro play her role in there because she was like digitally placed in after they had to replace a certain comedic actor who I'm not going to give voice to on this podcast because he's a sexual pervert. Is he one of the deviants? He's a real... Is he going like, to be in Eternals? Children or urchins deviants are real it's interesting to watch her uh act in that movie um uh, a lot of great zombie deaths and human deaths if you like zombie movies so check it out uh so i watched five minutes of it but then also went to bed very shortly thereafter i wasn't particularly invested um how heisty is it i know it's supposed to be a zombie heist movie what's the ratio of zombie to heist Honestly, if I'm trying to compile a list of heist movies, I don't think that this one makes the cut. Like, I just don't think of it as a, a heist movie. The The idea of a heist, of there being money in a vault in a casino in Vegas that they have to extract is just kind of a MacGuffin to get them into the city. Like, it's just 
not really the point of the story. So I wouldn't put it very high on any sort of heist rankings. One more follow-up question. Could you tell any product placements in terms of casinos that would have paid to have their property included in the movie? I'm not sure because is the Olympia or Olympus uh, casino in Vegas? No, that's probably okay. referring to like a Caesars type of place. Because I, I think that what had happened was that the production obviously did not shoot directly in Las Vegas. They didn't even get permission from the city to be able to shoot like scenes and like overhead scenes um, that they were trying to capture. So it, it took like a, a camera crew and a guy like a couple weeks to use like drones and helicopters to get aerial shots of the city so that they could use that like digital blueprint to recreate Vegas. So I think because of that, maybe that they lost out on some product placement revenue in that sense. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's not totally surprising if I'm a casino owner or board of directors, I suppose I'm not going to want to see whatever Venetian being torn up by a bunch of zombies. I feel like that might not be good for business. It's no Ocean's Eleven. I'll tell you that. Well, very few things are. Uh, So for recommendations, I have three things that are available now. And one of them is a movie and two are TV shows. And then three other things that are coming up. One of which is a movie and two of which are TV shows. Uh, So the first thing, we were just talking about HBO Max earlier. And I just don't think enough people, uh, specifically in our friend group, but writ large, have watched Spirited Away which is a Studio Ghibli animated film. It's on HBO Max. Um, it's probably their most well-known film. It's either that or Totoro, and both are delightful, but Spirited Away is pretty great. The animation's very cool. Uh, music's awesome. Voice, act, voice acting is awesome. Uh, a little-known fact about all of these Studio Ghibli animated movies is they have uh, generally, like, at least one or two A-list like American celebrities who are like the voice actors. Um, and I'm not certain who they are for spirited away, but um, they're very high quality movies. It's like Japan's Disney uh, in terms of how culturally impactful it is. So that's one of my recommendations. Uh, another thing that's available right now on Amazon prime is Invincible, which this is kind of an old recommendation at this point, uh, because I think a lot of people have watched it, but it's kind of right in our little zone with uh, superhero stuff. Uh, So it's an animated TV show. Uh, There are eight episodes, and the voice acting cast for this is absolutely stacked. Uh, It's Stephen Young, J.K. Simmons, uh sandra O, oh, and then there are uh, zazie beats is in it mark hamill's in it for a little bit like it is just absolutely stacked it's a lot more like realistic isn't the right word but like if you think of like a superhero fight in the marvel universe um if like if captain america were to punch just a regular nazi in the face like their head would probably explode because he's like a superhuman, right? So this show is very much that where like their version of Superman will punch someone and their head will explode and it's uh, gory and awesome. And I 
yeah, it was really good. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. So you're saying Zack Snyder got it correct with his uh, Justice League and his iterations of his superheroes? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I would say that this is more gory than that even. Um, yeah. If you watch it, if you watch the first episode, I'm not going to spoil anything, but watch the first episode all the way to the zero mark at the very end, and you will see exactly what I mean. Uh, and then the last thing that I'd recommend that's available now that I have not seen that is on my list, and I'll probably watch it before next time, is Master of None. There's a new season. Uh, Aziz is not the primary actor in the season. I don't really know much about it, but um, the thing that I do know is the first two seasons were spectacular, and so it has earned my trust, and I'm excited to watch it. Wait, is that out now? Yeah. Oh, frick. I didn't even realize that. I was going to uh, re-watch the first two seasons of Master of None in preparation, and I missed the boat on that one, so I'll have to get on that fairly soon. Yeah, Dev is not the primary character, I guess. Uh, he does pop in occasionally, which is cool. Um, Aziz, I guess, went on record in talking about Master of None and said that he didn't necessarily want to make another season at least with Dev as the main character until he did something else in his life, like got married or had kids um, because there was only so much that he could say like about being like a 20 something New Yorker hip, whatever. Yeah. Which makes sense. And that's, uh, I respect being able to know like, Oh, this is, it's time to stop. Like there's not, there is such thing as overdoing it. That's fair. Um, so let's see what is coming up. Um, of course, fans of this podcast should be well aware that we are big Bo Burnham heads and he has a new special coming out in five days. So I cannot wait to watch that this weekend, uh, with all the fellas, we are going to probably pop that on at one thirty, two AM and crush that Loki or sorry, the Bo Burnham special will be on Netflix. Um, along with some of his other specials, I definitely go recommend watching, uh, make happy and the other, uh, I believe he has one other special on there, which just go watch what? six foot five Bo Burnham be funny for an hour. Um, Loki is going to drop on Disney plus on six, nine. So that's nice. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians, has a new movie coming out uh, along with collaborator Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, like, I don't know, you might have heard of him. He's been around for a couple of years now doing stuff like Hamilton, uh, Moana, uh, just to name a few. Uh, Ever heard of it? (laughs) Yeah, ever heard of him, LMM. Uh, his new movie, In the Heights, will be dropping on June 18th on HBO Max, which saw the trailer for that, and I was just instantly ready. Like, it looks so colorful and fun, and I can't wait to just watch that and listen to the soundtrack for, like, two weeks in a row after I watched that movie. So that should be great. Yeah, they sold me with a few crossover uh, Hamilton people that are just in in the heights probably just i don't only need to say in once there but yeah i'm excited that should be great i'm very very pumped for that plus stephanie beatrice so let's go just great uh anything else to add geez i got nothing 
Uh, I got nothing either. Um, what's going to happen, hopefully pretty soon, uh, we might do something before this. We talked about this off pod, but we are going to hopefully get some friends on this broadcast here, and we are going to do a movie style or a movie auction style draft where we are going to throw movies out on the auction block that are coming up uh, later in 2020 and some as soon as uh, June 18th because we're very excited about In the Heights and we are going to do an auction style draft where we bid money on these movies and kind of add them to a sort of roster of sorts. So we will um, we'll get back to you with that. Before we do that, Roger and I might pop on here and do a little bit of a primer so we can talk a little bit more in depth about the movies that are coming out this year. So we don't have to spend a whole lot of time doing that, I suppose, on the draft podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, again, for Roger Brand Brandsetter, I'm Jordan Smith. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Dads podcast. Catch you guys later.